Not that you needed an excuse to feel jittery these days. You weren't safe anywhere, not in McDonald's, Safeway, or your own house. Not at your job, or in your car, or at school, and certainly not at the airport. The earth could heave and rip open. A plane could be heading for them this very minute, ready to explode in a fireball right here in the bar. Some nut could go ballistic and mow down the crowd with an automatic weapon. The only time you could relax, the only time you didn't have to worry about being maimed or killed, Wiley reflected as he poured the scotch over ice, was when you were already dead. Six-fifty, he said, setting the drink down. I didn't ask for a double, Bulbhead replied. Wiley clenched his jaw. This is a single. The guy made a big deal of pulling his wallet out of his back pocket and picking through the bills for the right amount. Just as he was putting his money on the bar, the phone rang. Wiley took the money. It was going to be one of those days. He answered the phone, expecting it to be one of the airport maintenance staff calling to say an electrician would be in to replace the light over the register that kept shorting out, or... A manager from the concession he worked for wanting to know if he could cover somebody else's shift. He was surprised to hear Carolyn's voice. Is everything all right? he asked anxiously. She'd never called him at work before. He pictured his house burned down, his dogs run over. Oh, yeah, everything's fine, Wiley. I'm sorry to bug you at work, but listen. What is it, then? he interrupted. Once the scare was gone, he was annoyed. They had their routine. Well, listen, I'd like to talk to you, Carolyn said uncertainly. A flight crew bustled by like a flock of blackbirds. The bar was filling up. The amber ale had sputtered empty a few minutes before. The sink was full of dirty glasses and the tables over by the big screen TV needed to be bussed. Listen, Carolyn... Can I call you back in a few minutes? Wiley asked. It's kind of crazy in here right now. Sure, she said. Okay. I just need to catch up a little. I'll call you right back. He cleared the empty glasses off the bar and plunged them in the steaming water in the stainless steel sink. He replenished the piles of cocktail napkins and stocked the containers of olives, lime wedges, and maraschino cherries. He liked the fluorescent lights of the airport the low buzz of canned air, the garish purple and gold carpet. Outside, the sun was fighting to come out. Lurid, milky light streamed through the big windows, turning the people walking by into silhouettes, overwhelming the fluorescent tubes overhead, dimming the screens that listed arrivals and departures. Newspapers and paper cups were starting to collect on the black plastic seats in the waiting area. Big planes nosed up to the jetways, fuel lines dangling from their undersides like umbilical cords. Kettle one over, a guy who looked like a professional basketball player called out. He wore chunky diamond studs in his ears, garlands of gold chains. His buddy was tall and flashy, too. He ordered a Cosmo. Wiley spotted a handful of potential death traps as he made the drinks. The unattended sports bag against the wall, the package on the seat next to the glass case where pretzels twirled under heat lamps, the guy with the too big overcoat looking around shifty-eyed as he stood with his hands in his pockets. Meanwhile, they were taking away people's toenail clippers, confiscating pen knives and tweezers. What a joke! 
People here had no idea what it felt like to think twice every time you touched anything, every time you raised your foot and set it down. It had been thirty years since Wiley was in Vietnam, but he was still looking for booby traps, still keeping an eye out for mines. People didn't know what it felt like always to be wondering if you were going to lose your legs, your balls, your life. Wiley had seen a 19-year-old from Tulsa, Oklahoma, step on a bouncing Betty, do a double flip like an acrobat, and land gracefully in the limb of a tree. A small woman with highlighted hair sat down at the corner of the bar where hot dogs rolled on metal rods. Early thirties, Wiley figured. Painted nails, neat, quick features, a little scar on her upper lip. She scanned the bottles behind him, eyed the beer taps. Wiley nodded a greeting, wiped the counter, placed a napkin in front of her. What can I get you? he asked. Those which you have on draft? Except the amber ale, that one's not working. She touched each corner of her mouth with her fingertip, as if to wipe something away. Wiley waited quietly, his hands behind his back. He wondered if he should card her. In the old days, hell, but this was the airport. Everything by the book. Who would have guessed he'd end up here? I guess I'll have a margarita. On the rocks, no salt. And a shot on the side. Could I see some ID, please? She rolled her eyes and dug around in an oversized purse. She was twelve years over drinking age. First name, Emily. Wiley thanked her and handed back her driver's license. She watched him pour the tequila, then the mix... He imagined what she must see. A clean-shaven, average-height guy with a pockmarked face and a slight paunch. His brown hair, worn a little long as a nod to his past, graying around the edges. I'm not a drunk, she said when he set the glasses down. Just afraid to fly. He nodded. He saw it all the time. Macho guys with pulses racing like rabbits in their necks. Society women sloshing down Chardonnay like it was water. Shots slammed one after another. People stumbling away from the bar like they were headed for the gas chamber. Odds are you'll make it, he said. I know, it's not rational. She did the shooter first, just a quick little flip of her wrist like she was downing cough syrup. Wiley, she pointed to his name tag. Like the coyote? Excuse me. He didn't make a habit of getting chatty with customers. The coyote, you know, from the Roadrunner cartoon. Wiley Coyote? She was talkative. Fear could do that to people. He'd seen it happen. Oh, that. Wiley's my last name. People just call me that. What's your first name? Tom. Thomas. But nobody calls me that. Just my family. Well... They call me Tommy. His eyelid flickered. He wondered if he should see a doctor about it. The woman smiled at him and picked up the margarita. Sometimes it was hard for him to remember he was middle-aged, 51 to be exact, and that women like her probably thought of him as a father, if at all. He picked up the rag and moved toward the cash register. I'm headed to Denver to see my new niece, the woman called out. The booze must be getting to her. My brother's daughter. She's the first grandkid in the family. 
That's nice. I just hope it's not snowing there or a thunderstorm. Turbulence, you know. It kills me. Nah, it's a piece of cake. Another customer sat down at the other end of the bar, clean-shaven with very short hair. His skin looked tight, like it would pop if you stuck a fork in it. Possibly military, or maybe a cop. Wiley put a napkin down in front of him. What can I get you? The guy was too busy checking out the woman to look at Wiley, sizing her up. Same old story. What would you like to drink? Wiley asked more emphatically. The guy gave Wiley a quick once-over, summed him up, and kissed him off. The uniform probably had a lot to do with it, Wiley thought. The black slacks and the putty-colored polo shirt that said Top Hat Enterprises over the breast pocket. The guy didn't know that Wiley had pulled two years as a foot soldier in Vietnam. That he'd gone to college, graduated, in fact, with a degree in political science. He didn't know that after doing a stint at a small newspaper in Bakersfield, Wiley had hitchhiked to San Francisco, flower power and all that, and had lived in the top flat of a trashed Victorian on Alamo Square. He didn't know that Wiley had worked in some of the best rock and roll bars on the West Coast, that he'd seen the hottest acts, that he'd married and divorced two women. He didn't suspect that Wiley could play slide guitar, frame a house, smoke a salmon to perfection. Had no idea that it had been seven years since a drop of liquor or any drug stronger than aspirin had passed Wiley's lips. Didn't know and didn't care. All he saw was an over-the-hill guy with bad skin and a dead-end job. J.B. over.